Or we could be actually trying to actually sound like a cat. Yeah, you could try an accurate cat, or you can try a hilarious cat, or you can try a sad cat. Whatever you think will be the best cat. Judged at this Judged by the person who... By uh, this table. By, by this table. As by the your best peers, cat. yes. All right, I'll go first. Jury. Warm it up. Me, 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 me. That's not my cat. Oh, okay. You guys are me, 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 me. La, 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 la. All right. Ed, your best cat meow. That cat's hungry. Meow. <laughs> All right, guys. What do we think? What do we think? Who killed it? Who crushed it? I let Ed's made me laugh the most. I vote Celeste. Thank you. All right, I vote Ed. Ed was pretty good. All right, that's hilarious. It was very bad. I have to go with Ed too. Okay, that was good. Ed, you're the first. Ed, you won. Welcome to Which Game First, where we explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, we get emotional as we try to match cute kitties with fun phrases in Cat Face. Next up, we're archaeologists searching newly discovered islands for that ancient sarcophagus of victory points in The Lost Ruins of Arnak. And lastly, we find out just how bad at geography we are as we make up lies about the globe in Locale. I'm your host, Celeste Angelus, here with my decades-long gaming buddies, Evan Bernstein. Hello. Ed Povolitis. Hey, guys. And Mike Grenier. <laughs> Our first game up this week is Cat Face, published by Pet Collective in 2019. Number of players, 3 to 8. Ages 13 and up. Playtime, 30 to 90 minutes. Okay, Mikey, tell us. What's in the little cat box? On the cover of this bright pink box is an extreme close-up of a cute calico kitty making his best shocked face. Inside the box, there are 300 cards split between cat faces and cat butts. And that's what's in the box. Ah, this little tiny box is going to make up for the Arnak box that's coming later. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, before we sharpen our claws on this review, Evan, can you please read us the rules exclusively in Cat Calls? Meow. Meow, 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 meow. Meow, 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 meow. Cat Face is a cat meme party game featuring cats featured in viral videos. Who knew? Players compete to find the funniest combination of cat faces and funny captions. Each player draws five cat butt cards for their hand. A cat butt card may read something like, You're a wizard, Harry Potter, or something as simple as, Meow. As they are played, draw back up to five. Always draw back up to five. One player is designated the first player and will judge the first round of answers. A cat face card is turned up from the cat face deck, and the players hand the judge their cat butt card, which they think the judge will choose as the best one. The judge chooses who made the best or funniest match, and that player gets the cat face card, and they become the judge for the next round. Play continues. The first player to get to, I don't know, whatever, wins. Does this <laughs> game sound 
familiar. <laughs> is that a D&D joke? See what I did there? Yeah. Ah, that is yeah. a cat that's a cat familiar D&D joke. Good luck with Thank that you. one uh yep. listeners. <laughs> yeah, if you're under 35, you're out of luck. <laughs> Well, yes, this game does sound familiar because it is a card judging game. What did we think of the box? It just showed up on our doorstep. Uh, yeah, in a basket. <laughs> like a stray cat. <laughs> yeah, with a whole bunch of cat toy too. So that was nice. <laughs> oh, it came with actual cat toys? Oh, I'm still playing yeah. with that ball of yarn. Absolutely. <laughs> hold up, hold up, Ed. Did you keep the cat toys for yourself? You didn't tell me it came with cat toys. Ed kept them all for himself. He had all the, the fun. The, the, they, were, they were on the table briefly, but we did not get to them. What the heck? I'm the only one with cats. That's true. <laughs> There's one is a taco. One of them was a, a eggplant, and one of them was a sushi. How oh, weird! Sushi and an eggplant. That's cool. All right. So I don't know if the game is going to come with cat toys for everybody. But no, we got no. the little cube box. What did you guys think of the art and the box? I mean, I felt like I was looking at the internet because these are some familiar looking uh, kitty faces and kitty memes. And right on the front of the box, you have that surprised looking one like, whoa, I just had way too much catnip. <laughs> it had like a little caption on it. When the catnip hits. <laughs> I would say that the card quality is mid tier. It's it's a matte sure. finish and it's not too flimsy. You know, I yeah. think it I think it'll last. They yeah. were square cards, not rectangles. Yeah, it's not like Magic the Gathering. You know, oh, you can bend them almost over and uh, they won't fold cards. But yeah, they're, they're okay. Yeah. No holograms or ridged <laughs> textures to the card. No, no foil stamp. Yep, no yeah, foil pack. Too much, yeah. But I mean, it was nice because they had full, rich color on them, like photographic quality. So that was pretty nice. Sure, good yeah. photographs, fine. Yeah, the photographic quality was good. And uh, I do I have to say, I do like the matte finish, which uh, could have been glossier, and that would not have been good for photos. But I was disappointed, mm-hmm. guys. I was Uh-oh. really disappointed that there were no cat butts. Butts. They yeah. said there were going to be cat butts. The, uh, the, yeah. the, rules talk, the rules talk about cat butts, cat butts, cat butts. And then it turns out that they mean the the written uh, descriptions on the description cards. That's what they're calling yes. cat butts. I was so disappointed. Well, the back of the card has a picture of a cat's butt and the word cat butts on it. Yeah, one little screen printed cat butt. But I thought it was going to be like Catlantis, where you're actually mixing and matching tops and bottoms. <laughs> yeah, couldn't get the rights for it, I guess. Right. <laughs> no, <Yeah. laughs> only the fronts of the cats, not the back. That's right. (laughs) Some things are still sacred, even on the internet. Yeah, the licensing fee for the vumps are just too high. I don't know if I want to stare at a bunch of cat butts, like a whole handful of them, all the whole game. Like, oh, oh, winking at me. My cat always seems to think I want to see the vump all the time. (laughs) Well, that's true. Cats do kind of flaunt it. You think? Yeah, they put it right up in your face all the time. (laughs) That's why I don't have cats. (laughs) All right. So, Ed, what kind of game is this? Oh, this is uh, your classic, you know, hey, everybody submit your best uh, whatever text you can for this particular picture. Mm -hmm. You know, people say like Apple to Apple or Cards Against Humanity or, you know, there's numerous games in this genre. Yeah, card judging. So, let me ask you this, guys. Are you inclined to still enjoy card judging games at parties? Mm. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I'm being honest. No. You guys kind of bore me. I'd ra- there's a hundred other games I'd rather play, I think. You know? Yeah, I mean, just... I've done so many of these types of games that they're they're li- gotten a little vote for me a little bit. Even though it sounded really cool because cat face, like, oh, you're going to do cat memes. And, you know, I do waste a lot of time looking at cat memes on Facebook or whatever. <laughs> I have to qualify. I have to qualify my no because if there were a theme that were right up my alley, I, I would definitely want to give that a try. For example, a LARP card <laughs> phrase game. Wow. Just like, pictures of LARPers and matching phrases to them. Of some, gr- of some great looking LARPers and some not so great looking LARPers. <laughs> and, and the words like with... lightning bolt, lightning bolt, yeah, lightning exactly. bolt. <laughs> Use the force, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. Right? I mean, this particular game too, I, I felt like the it was made for millennials, but not by millennials. What do you mean? <laughs> like by all that? the phrases were very much like Facebooky, and but it just seemed like the ones that everybody's seen a hundred times. Nothing really that creative there. Don't be jelly. Don't yeah. Right. <laughs> Single and not trying I mean, to mingle. That, that is an example of things you see all day long on Facebook. So <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, but I think I doom scroll enough on Facebook all day, where I don't need to also be doing that in my game timey. <laughs> you guys remember the very first all-time cat meme, right, from the seventies? Was it Piano Cat? Hang in there. Remember oh, the, the cat oh, you're talking hanging about in the poster? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the first cat meme. Yeah, yeah, it was. Hang yeah. in there. When your memory of last night is compromised, but the snaps are there to put it all together. <laughs> okay, so weird. Uh, the okay, snaps. cat disco party time. That's pretty good. <laughs> and meow. Just meow, Just really? Meow. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! It's cat disco party yeah, time. Yeah, cat disco party time. Bit a bit a bit bit a bit. Red mind wrong. Oh, Mike, what did you think of the actual play? Having the cards in your hand and trying to match. I mean, I like square cards, so it was kind of fun to hold little square cards. But as far as like matching these things up with the pictures, they were so generic. I didn't really feel like we put one down that was like, oh, that's definitely the one. You know, it's just kind of like, man, which one am I in the mood to hear this time? Uh, it's like for me, I think it was similar in that uh, there are times when like, oh, yeah, this quote is great for that one. But it has a similar flaw to Apple to Apple style game, where you're looking at the same hand of you no know, five cards, and you're only putting one, and then you get one new one. So, like, you're not really cycling a hand that quickly. So you end up looking at the same. Or if you end up like a bunch of crappy quotes, you're gonna be looking at crappy quotes for a long yeah. time. Well, guys, yeah. they're only crappy until the perfect card face comes along to yeah, match is- it to. So I feel the cycling comes along in the flip of the face card that you're trying to match it to. So I never minded that. I was like, I always felt that in all of these types of judgment games, I always felt like, yeah, that card is no good for now, but it doesn't mean it's no good for never. I mean, I can agree to that to to some extent, but in apples to apples, for example, there's a whole phrase or at least a couple of words, you know, that you can use your imagination for. This one here puts a picture and it's an animal. So, as expressive as they can be, they're not as expressive as a picture of a human or some kind of scene, you know? So I, I feel like it's not as flexible in what fits and is funny with these cats versus apples to apples. I think I just drew several, you know, bad cat butts because I never had one that <laughs> seemed appropriate or ideal for any of them. 
Well, yes, the expressions are difficult because they're not in motion. So they have an extra challenge. Um, mm-hmm. Because uh, normally when you're watching cats on YouTube, you get to watch them move. And that's where a lot of the entertainment is. When a cat mm-hmm. moves, that's entertaining. A picture of mm-hmm. a cat is harder to make entertaining. That's, that's the way I felt too, yeah. Um, but I mean, if you love cats, you know, and you love cute cat memes and stuff, which I think we all to well, some save extent Save it for like, the dig up. Oh, well, <laughs> or no, the I was going to say, I think, I think people can enjoy this if they, if they like the pictures only. Yeah. I mean, if you like looking at cats, this will not disappoint. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're not a cat person. You probably wouldn't be looking at the game anyway. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury cat face. Mike? I felt like the humor in this game was a little bit lacking, but I don't know. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just too old. But for me, I'd have to bury it. Ed? If you love cats and enjoy silly internet cat memes, then you may get a few chuckles from Catface. <laughs> but while I enjoy the cat picture, the game itself doesn't get me purring. So I'm going to have to bury it. Evan? Catface is not so much a game as it is a way for a group of friends at a party to kill time. This style of game almost never gets my juices stirring. And unfortunately, this one's like the other ones I played before. Same results. I have to bury it. Catface casts a wide net for its audience. If you like card judging games or you like cats, this game will satisfy. I do fill that bill, so I will dig it up. Ah, All right. Good for you, Celeste. Yeah. Cool. If you have thoughts about Catface or or you want to send us a cute (laughs) cat meme... We are at which game first. We would love to hear from you. And I love getting a good cat meme. Hey, guys, what's going on with which game first? Evan. Which game first is live on Thursday nights at seven o'clock Eastern time, where you can come and watch us stumble our way through our first (laughs) crack at a new game online. And we often have the game designers as guests. So you can ask them questions and offer comments and make gameplay suggestions for us. I know I need help. (laughs) And don't forget trivia for you, the audience. So it's a game within a game wrapped in a game. Thursday night, 7 o'clock Eastern, Which Game First live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. What else is going on, Mike? Well, we are working our butts off on the CT Fig, the Connecticut Festival of Indie Games. And so far, we've been generating a lot of interest from the local schools, colleges, and stuff to get some of their competitors and their game designers who are going to school for it to come and compete against anybody else in the area who wants to throw down their game. We want you, the local independent game designers, to go head-to-head with them with your awesome ideas. So come on in and sign up now. And as always, if you want to support this show and get an exclusive podcast from us every single week called... Bonus 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 points. If you want to access the Bonus Points podcast, just go to our website and click on Become a Supporter today. Over 50 episodes. Am I right, Ed? Yeah. Uh, yeah, close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Over 50 episodes. And a couple of uh, ancient episodes of Which Game First that are not available anywhere else and not available in our feed. Classics. We are so young. Oh my gosh, so they're actually really good episodes. Yes, they are. <laughs> they're not bad, actually. <laughs> I, I was looking at one the other day. I'm like, I can't believe this is patron only. They're awesome because we spent 16 hours editing them back then. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> yeah, we did. A we single episode. Edit them within an inch of their life. Within an inch of our life. 
Yeah, true. And we want to say thank you to all the patrons. Thank you so, so, so much. We've gotten some new ones lately. We are so grateful. You are what keeps the lights on. We deeply appreciate you. Thank you so much, our patron saints. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to everyone for listening. Our next game up this week is Lost Ruins of Arnak, designed by Min and Elwyn, published by Czech Games Edition in 2020. Number of players one to four, ages 12 and up, playtime 30 to 120 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us. What's in this box to discover? The cover shows three very enthusiastic explorers on their way to their next adventure with their hands on their hips making their best poses and likely unaware of the perils that await them. (laughs) Inside the box, you'll discover a double-sided main board, four double-sided player boards, a double-sided supply board, 110 cards, eight wooden archaeologists, eight wooden research tokens, 121 tiles including sites, idols, guardians, assistants, research rewards, temples, blocks, and rival actions. 101 tiles, including fear, jewels, arrowheads, tablets, compasses, and coins. A starting player marker, a cardboard moon staff, four quick reference sheets, and a score pad. And that's what's in the box. Well, I would say before we don our Explorer helmets, but we're always wearing our Explorer helmets. (laughs) That's right. So Evan, just go ahead and unearth those rules. Lost Ruins of Arnak is a deck-building and worker placement game of exploration, resource management, and discovery. In addition to traditional deck-builder effects, cards can also be used to place workers, and new worker actions become available as players explore the island. Some of these actions require resources instead of workers, so building a solid resource base will be essential. You are limited to only one action per turn, so make your choice carefully. What action will benefit you most now? And what can you afford to do later? Assuming someone else doesn't take the action first, right, Mike? Uh Uh-huh. Decks are small, and randomness in the game is heavily mitigated by the wealth of tactical decisions offered on the game board. There's a variety of worker actions, artifacts, and equipment cards. The setup for each game will be unique, encouraging players to explore new strategies to meet the challenge. Now let's see what lies ahead. (laughs) Well, despite the fact that this game is really new, it's already available on Board Game Arena, and that's where we played it. Mm -hmm. Now, how Mm -hmm. do you think it played there? I thought it played very well there. Everything seemed to lock down the rules like Board Game Arena does, and it seemed as pretty as the game looks online. And it was super handy that there are so many like little tokens and coins and stuff that you have to keep track of that the the uh, the system itself was just taking care of that stuff for you, putting them in their appropriate places so you can quickly look at them, sorting them out. Nothing fiddly about playing this online. Yeah, it seems like a big advantage. Probably saved at least 10 minutes of setup time. Oh, easy. 10? <laughs> yeah, and probably another 20 minutes in-game of just negotiating our results of our mm-hmm. actions. So yeah. uh, it was fantastic playing online for that reason. However, I do genuinely think I would have enjoyed this game more holding the pieces and touching (laughs) the cards and looking at them. I think that the game itself 
is designed to sort of be an archaeological find of its own in the in just sort of a feel like a box of treasures. I really did find myself wishing that I could manipulate the objects. Yeah, it does. It is a nice feeling to hold on to that stuff, especially when you go shopping and reveal new stuff from the top of the deck. You can't be in person for that. So, Ed, this game is a mix of deck building and worker placement, right? Yeah, because you're building the deck, but you also have to place workers to do some of the actions. Like, if you want to go somewhere, you only have two explorers, and, hey, let's try this place out and see what we find. <laughs> Traveling is expensive, too, so it really oh limits gosh. you that way. Oh, super expensive. And it's true that you only need your workers occasionally, because... There is a mind-boggling amount of actions that you can take. Holy <laughs> cow. In the main action phase, there are seven basic options. <laughs> okay. Those are the basic options. Yeah, right. yeah, those are the basic options. Then every one of those has a small list of things you have to do when you take that action. Wow. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it was a little bit of a democracy situation here yeah. um, huh. in that you, I thought a reference card with everything listed would have been quite nice. I happen to have one because I <laughs> had already done a bullet list because it was my turn to, to instruct the mm -hmm. rules. Uh, there is a player aid, isn't there, Ed? Yes, there is. There are four, four reference sheets in there. And it's, um, yeah, very helpful. It gives you a list of all the different you know, actions. And once you've done the game... That handy reference is probably all you need because, yeah, oh, I can go shopping for cards or mm -hmm. you can move up the resource track or you can explore a location. It's like you just got to learn the little language that's on these cards to understand, oh, these cards require, you know, arrowheads and runes. So let me go to this location in the base camp so I can get a couple of arrowheads and then later trade one of those gems I got earlier for a couple of compasses and then, yeah, I can go explore this location. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. Ed, okay, Ed. Yeah, but <laughs> there were a ton of actions, it's true. But I think a lot of the actions are executed in the same way. They just have different results. Like when you put a worker on space A or, you know, like a space to move your compass up or, you know, whatever, whatever space you put your guy on, you still have to pay the cost to do the thing. <laughs> All right, so let's see. Or not. I'm not going to be able to overcome this guardian now because I gravely missed the compass. You have two. Uh... Where did the compass come from? <laughs> did, you, did you play a free card? That I must have compass? gone up the turn tracker and gotten a compass. Yes, you did. You went up in a resource uh... and got one. Yes, that's what happened. Oh. All right, now it says I don't have enough arrowheads. Didn't I have? No, I spent the arrowheads. Had to, to go the up, go off the research track. You did. Uh, yes. Yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, all right. Oh man. So there was no way around it. No. I guess there is a pay the cost to do the thing, but I really did feel like the things were quite different. Yes, the um, results were very different. Yeah. Travel is a big part of this game. Where having the right icon on your card or other resources like the assistant. Mm -hmm. to uh, be able to travel where you need to go. If you choose, let's say you've got a plan A in mind and you go for it, can other players pursue the same path? In other, in, or was it wiser to try to do a path to victory that no one else is trying? In other words, are there goals that only one of the players can ultimately achieve by taking that path? So it's better off to kind of plan a different way of going about victory. I would say there are definitely some, um, once one person does something, you're better off doing something at least slightly different. Mm -hmm. 
Like the research path, for example, everybody can go up the research path, but the first person to hit each location gets a special bonus. That's kind of your incentive to be doing it first. Right. Mm -hmm. Even though that's true, you also do need to diversify here. You can't mm. just choose one path and then and ignore everything else. You're going to mm. have to spread it around and it's going to take you multiple plays to figure out which combo is going to work for you. And I do think mm -hmm. the combos of what will work may change uh, each game a little bit, too. Uh, so yeah. as far as a plan A there's so many options that it's really like plan A. I mean, I didn't, I didn't even have time to develop a plan. Let me just, you know, <laughs> let me just check stuff out. You know, you're, you're pretty much checking stuff out the whole game. You're just exploring. That's a real exploration game. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah I think that's true for your first couple of games. But once you played it and you know what the options are, you can definitely plan a little bit more based on what's available. Like, shopping is just a big part of the game because it is a deck-building game. And you're trying to get items into your deck. So if you see, oh, that item over there, I got an airplane. That'll help me do, like, travel a lot easier. So let me get one of those into my deck. And now you're going to build your engine around the idea that, hey, I have an airplane in my deck. This game did a good job at kind of stressing the point, and I think this was on purpose, but they stress the point that you want to do stuff first. You got a lot more rewards for anything on the board that you did before somebody else. So mm -hmm. that that means, you know, your plan could just be be first everywhere. <laughs> or or go around go around the last guy rather than behind them. Right. You don't mm -hmm. want to follow somebody's coattails because you get a lot less rewards for that. And there's a lot of sense of discovery in this game because a lot of stuff is hidden. You don't know it's gonna be at some location until you go there. Mm-hmm. Ed is already biased in the favor <laughs> of symbology. But, Ed, what did you think of the symbology in this game? I think, well, Ed, that's correct. <laughs> um, I, I thought it was very helpful. And it's common in Euro-style games to see a lot of symbology because it reduces the amount of text you'd have to have on there to explain what something does. By just having... A few pictures on something you can say oh i need an arrowhead and two compasses that's mm -hmm. all i need and i thought it was pretty clear on the cards too because most of them were for either collecting or paying resources and it was just pictures of the resources or, or conversion like okay you can this, you can use this to convert gold into arrowheads or i use this to convert the arrowhead into runes. lots of ways to manipulate resources and stuff like that and i would give a yeah. warning about bga um, because there's so many options in this game, you do have to be tread very carefully the first time you're playing BGA to make sure you don't accidentally pick <laughs> an action you didn't want to pick. Because I had trouble. <laughs> I know right, exactly. You sparhawk <laughs> it because I had trouble understanding what I was looking at the first couple mm -hmm. of turns. So right. you know, there's a learning curve just for you know uh, manipulating the technology. Mm. Mm -hmm. It was pretty cool that the cards were multi-purpose, too. Like, if you wanted to travel, you look at the top left-hand part of your card to see that it's an airplane or a boat, and that matches the symbol on the place you're trying to go to. Or on the bottom left is what it costs to get it. So, you know, the, it was well-organized, and, and they were multi-purpose, so I thought that was good. Now, what did you think of the assistance that you could get, Mike? Did you think they were mm. separately awesome? or what? They were really awesome. I thought it was good... 
because earning the assistant took a lot of work, but when you got them, it was kind of like a free action that you could take every turn. And it had some accompanying bonus points for you too for climbing up the track that gets those assistants for you. So if you're trying to build a good engine, getting those assistants is vital for that. Yeah, I missed out on that bit. The assistants <laughs> looked really cool. I was just a little too focused on going after Guardian. Yeah, well, you yeah. didn't miss out on it, Ed, because you stole the assistant I wanted right on the turn I was going to get it. So you didn't oh, miss well, out yeah, on I the assistants. I think it won, but you guys had two. And yeah. going after those Guardians is big victory points. Big, big, big. Yeah. yeah. And they're so, not that threatening, really, either. Like, when you when you go to the Guardian and you flip it over, if you can't handle it, the worst thing that happens is I think you get a fear card in your deck, which is not even a dead card. You can still use it to travel and stuff. I don't know. They're scary to me. And no one likes curses in their decks. I mean, no, but they're not useless, though. They're not minus. They're minus one point, but they are also usable for other things, too, so. But that also means you skipped out on the opportunity of getting five. That's like a six-point swing. Going up the research track, I I'm not sure, guys. Like, I tried to race straight up that research track, and I only got about halfway. How are you ever going to get to the top? And that's where the good victory points are. The sweet victory points are at the top. I was really trying to get there. I'm not sure. How do you get there in one game? I'm sure it can be done. I think it's a matter of, again, playing the game again and seeing how you can optimize your engine, like getting the right cards in your deck so you, you'd have those resources churning that you can shoot up that uh, the research track like instantly. My one tip that came in to me uh, to, on how to play this game came from a patron of ours before we played, and it was about the research track. And so I did try to go beeline it up the research track, and I think that had I made it to the top, I might have one. I think you might have. There's really big points at the top. Yeah. So possibly sticking to a plan A in this case, Evan, of just going for the track and mm-hmm. knowing what you're doing, that might have been enough. Just just choosing the one action over and over. Yeah, you have to have a, a side engine to get the resources because what you do is you buy your way up that track with certain resources. But mm-hmm. if you're first, you get a little bit of it back. So if you're paying attention to which ones you're going to need, like one or two turns ahead you might be able to race your way up there pretty fast. All right. Um, just for the heck of it, I'm going to click these buttons to see if I get a red line. <laughs> and I did, so I'm going to pass. The last got 24. I got four. I got four. <laughs> and, and I got five. On the research yes! track. Yes, oh, token fan. Oh, oh, it's not over yet. That's just the research track. <laughs> that was the research thing. Curse you, Ooh. Ed. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got a terrible score. <laughs> oh my god, Ed. Oh, brutal. Oh! oh minus two, minus one, and minus, minus three, three for the fear. Oh, I didn't even realize we were that close to the end of the game. Wow, that was a. Uh... <laughs> Ed, nice job. So, Mikey, you thought this game ended too early? Yeah, I mean, it, it had that Euro game feel to me where I'm like, oh, I have this killer engine going now. I can just sprint. And I wasn't really paying attention to how many turns we were in. So as soon as I got it to a really comfortable point, it, it, the game was over, as in many of the resource management games out there. The reason I chose this game was because it's awards time. Right, Ed? Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. The Kenner Spiel de Jahres. It's a nominee anyway. Yes, this is a nominee for the Spiel de Jahres this year. Kenner Spiel. Ed wanted, yeah. Ed wanted me to qualify that. Make sure uh-huh. It's different. Yeah, <laughs> it that is. means the complicated game Spiel. Like uh, the complicated <laughs> yeah, the Spiel. The connoisseur game of the year, they call it. But yeah. Right. 
Which which does mean like the complicated one, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, complex game. Yeah. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Lost Ruins of Arnok. Ed? I enjoy the mix of game mechanics you get from exploring Arnak, acquiring the right items and assistance to explore locations and gain rewards. I'll dig up my backpack to explore these ruins again. Mike? I always have fun unveiling mystery tiles and buying new stuff to build my killer engine. Uh, It ended just maybe a turn too early for my taste, but I still definitely want to try to delve these ruins again. So dig it up. Well, Arnak had too many options, but (laughs) it was not overwhelming. Here is the trick. When you've got so many things going on, keep your options distinct and independently interesting. And this game crushed it. Everything to do was its own thing. Theme was all over this game and in various ways. This is the most replayability I have seen in a while. I am digging it up. If you have thoughts about Lost Ruins of Arnak, let us know. We are waiting over here with our Explorer helmets on, ready to talk about your exploration of this game. Our last game up this week is Locale. Published by Discovery Bay Games in 2009, number of players 3 to 8, ages 8 and up. No playtime listed. Mikey G, what is in the Locale box? The cover of the box is a faded sepia mash of map symbols with the word locale emblazoned across the center with a big compass for the O. Inside we find 300 game cards, 4 answer sheet pads, a score pad, 4 pencils, a timer, a game board, and 8 locale compass tokens. And that's what's in the box. Before we find due north on this review, Evan, geolocate us some rules. In Locale, the object of the game is to make up a story by explaining as much as you can about a given location. Making up a lie. (laughs) It's basically a game of lies and deceit. Liar! (laughs) A player chooses a card and reads aloud the location, such as Liechtenstein or Saint-Tropez. Then the other players need to make a guess as to where that place is on the world map, and they have to write a description of the place, being as convincing as they can. Everyone's guesses are written on a note sheet and handed to the player who drew the card. That player then proceeds to read all the answers aloud, along with all the coordinates of the locations, which get marked accordingly on the world map. Now it's time to vote. All the other players vote on which description is correct, and which set of location coordinates are correct. Points are awarded for guessing the correct description, the correct coordinates on the world map, and for fooling players into guessing one of the incorrect descriptions. (laughs) The most points at the end of the game wins. This game is not fat. It is totally locale. (laughs) Oh, boy. Thank you very much. Very much. I'll give you a couple seconds to stop belly laughing, and then we'll continue the show. Tell us why the $8 price tag for this game that you got at your local thrift store was a complete ripoff. What happened? (laughs) (laughs) This game was never played before. When we, I looked at it, found it in the thrift store, and the box was open, but inside the cards were still wrapped in their, you know, original cellophane. Shrink wrap, yeah. So, shrink wrap. So, this game had not been played. However, (laughs) the the hourglass, the, the egg timer. (laughs) 
was missing. And the, and the four golf pencils. So, you know, they dropped the price of the game from like 30 bucks to 8 bucks. And to be honest, it was a pretty cool-looking uh timer according to the pictures online. It looks like columns in like an old Roman um uh, building. It's very cool-looking. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. All right, enough about the stuff we didn't get. Yeah, what, right, what exactly. What we get, did get in the box was this fold-out board of mm-hmm. a nondescript world map, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, flat world mm-hmm. map, classic, you know, northern hemisphere biased way of looking at, 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 at the oh, map, yeah. basically. With the, with the over-large Greenland, right? Greenland's too big. Right, over-large Greenland, Africa's way, way too small. Right, right. So yes, okay. So so you're not going to navigate the ocean by this map, but that's not the point. No, what did you guys what did you guys actually think of this map board? It's a big part of the game. Ah, uh, it bothered me. Why did it bother <laughs> you, Mike? Well, it bothered me because well, first of all, parts of it were a little stretched like was to be expected by map, but you're supposed to identify specific locations on this map, but like for example, South Africa is split in half on this map. Or actually, there's three locations that could be part of South Africa. So, and what do you mean by split? It's on a grid that you have. It, to yes, it's on a, a grid, grid, and you have to in the grid put your little compass in the exact spot where the mentioned location is supposed mark to be. Your coordinates. That's right. Right. But I mean, how are you supposed to mark a city's coordinates like when it could be on either side of that? You know, divided line. Well, that's on how the map. well do you know your geography? You have to know where that city is. Not if the map is stretched out. I don't know. Where is it supposed to be when the map is stretched? Well, here's a benefit to that. Uh, The map is so small that a huge amount of cities and or countries are in a single grid. Right. Mm -hmm. That's true. Those little places in Europe. Right. Yeah. There's like 10 countries in one square. Yeah. So so that made it easier to place a compass. But basically. Basically, this game is crazy in the amount of time it gives you, right? It gives you 90 seconds to essentially write a description of the location. Now, that would be fine if Mm -hmm. the description of the location on the card weren't a paragraph long. Yeah. (laughs) Like three whole sentences sometimes for that. So picture this. You're trying to trick people into picking your description of the location against the real description, which is... Four times as long, and you have ninety <laughs> seconds to write an entire and to make it sound paragraph. convincing. Right? Yeah, I have to get like an encyclopedia-like reading. Casablanca, Spain, was the location of the famous movie featuring Humphrey Bogart <laughs> and Audrey Hepburn, bearing the same name. First wow. off, not Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ingrid Bergman. It is Ingrid Bergman all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have written such a Philistine answer? Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> Ed. Audrey Hepburn might have written it. <laughs> Ed, Ed didn't even dare to try that, but I just <laughs> Gene Kelly. And all right, where are we going? Fred Astaire and Gene <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Olivia de Havilland. Starring Vin Diesel and The yeah. Rock. Yeah. <laughs> Fast and Furious, Casablanca. <laughs> I almost went Casablanca Drift. Yes! Yes. (laughs) All right. Yeah, it's it is absolutely poorly arranged, poorly organized. It is. Oh yeah. It is like no playtesting. There's no playtesting in the world where you would have thought that a 90 second timer was appropriate for what you were asking the player to do. For example, what Celeste was saying, how the 
written part was so long, I had to come up with a bunch of fluff for a place called Last Stand, which in my head was, okay, maybe it's the Last Stand Saloon somewhere in the Midwest. And I had I to like make up a yeah. story about a shootout with like, a, you know, that happened there because they say so much on there that you can't just put, you know, a place in the Midwest. You can't put a remote island in the South Pacific. That is, That's that not will enough. not fly. <laughs> so all of this stuff you're uh, competing against. I think we all already came up with uh, during our, our play with ways we would tweak it. For example, picking just one sentence from that paragraph mm-hmm. to write. Yep. Or, right, yeah. limiting it to one sentence would have definitely helped. The- yeah, and like Catface, it comes from a genre of games. This type of game is called a dictionary game. And Boulder hmm. Dash is this type of game, and the original dictionary game is this type of game where you read mm-hmm. a word out of the dictionary, one person reads it, everybody writes a description of the the description right. for mm-hmm. it, um, the definition for it, and then you re- mix them up and read them and guess. And almost, I thought, the map, because they're asking you to not only pick the location on the map, but also the description. So in that 90 seconds, you not only have to write this up, but you have to figure out where you want to put it on the map. Mm-hmm. And then you're guessing against the location separately from the description. So you could pick a location mm-hmm. separate mm-hmm. from the one that's on the description. And maybe you'll win the location, but not win the description. Yeah. Right. What to me could almost be, again, a different yeah. game. You can actually mm-hmm. make a, like, a variant of this game by just reading off the location and have everybody put their compasses down and try to get... Right location. Are you guys mm-hmm. complaining that there were multiple paths to victory here? No, I wouldn't call them paths to victory. <laughs> I would say clunky, annoying mechanics rather than <laughs> paths to victory. Multiple ways to get points. There were multiple ways to get points, and you know, if you could call it path to victory. Yes. But like well, they had these it. light blue dotted lines across the map to make the grid, and you're trying to because you're trying to fool people. You're trying to find the spot you think it's going to be on the map, but hope nobody's following your eyes or fingers or whatever yeah, to tell where to you're going to put your thing. So you can't <laughs> use your fingers to to locate it. You have to just eyeball it from afar and then drop it on the one and then write it in afterwards. This tests your visual acuity skills, Mike. It's about yeah, it's a, well. Mm. I, I just glasses. pointed my pencil all over that darn map and didn't <laughs> yeah, care. Right. Yeah, yeah, she didn't care. We forgot anyway, but still. Like, yeah, people you know. are so busy desperately trying to write a bunch of sentences that are going to make sense uh-huh. that uh, <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be that big a deal. Yeah. Also, we weren't particularly plugged in while we were playing, which is not a good sign. Mm-hmm. Right. I was a little disconnected, too. Was yeah. it the fun facts on each card that threw you off, Mike? We didn't even read the fun facts. How bad does this game have to be that we <laughs> weren't interested in learning about spots on a map? I know. That would have been more fun <laughs> just to read the cards rather than to, to play this game. Way more fun. <laughs> yeah. I, cause I did enjoy reading the card and the fun fact while you guys were writing it, though. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the one in five times that you're actually reading the card, you were entertained. Joe played with us, and I was actually surprised how often he didn't get guess the right answer oh yeah yeah, surprising oh joe overthought entirely on this. oh (laughs) yeah i can see that he was he immediately started to think are there more than one location on the planet that has this name and which one are they talking about uh so he Mm -hmm. he went yeah he went three steps farther (laughs) (laughs) okay explorers it's time to dig up or bury locale mike i love balderdash um I think I'd much rather play that than to mess with these clunky, messy mechanics for this game. 
the extra point you get from putting the location on the map could have been a more fun game all on its own. So for me, I had to just bury this. Ed? You could probably make a decent game of just having folk guess the correct location of the locale. The cards themselves have interesting places and facts to read. But the game itself is just not that interesting for me. So I can't really <laughs> recommend playing it, so I'll have to bury it under the atlas. Evan? <clears throat> All right. Here's the, here's the review. <laughs> Locale yeah. is fun for people who are fond of geography with some interesting mechanics, I'll say, such as mm-hmm. guessing where on the map you think the feature lies. But the rules are in need of tweaking to make the game accessible to the broader audience. Despite its obvious flaws, I still think there's enough of a game here to enjoy. For that reason, I'm going to dig it up. Wow. All right. Okay. Yep. Well, uh, you know, with Ed, I'm with Ed and Evan on this. The rules need tweaking. The meat is there. You know, the cards, the geography, the fun facts, the map. It's all there. There is a good game in that box. Is there? A, <laughs> is it enough to make me dig it up? <laughs> Are you still on the fence right now? Yes, oh, I'm on this the is, fence. Oh my gosh, I can feel I the mean, tension. I like these types of games too, and I like geography. And and it really just if they was just a little bit shorter, I'm digging it up. We can make, <laughs> we can make a good game out Winner. of this game. Nice. I will dig it up. It was it. Yeah, if you see it in the thrift store, buy it, guys. And if you have thoughts about locale, we would love to hear from you. What's the best geography game you guys play? We want to know. We are at Which Game First on social media. We'll see you there. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you're doing. If you'd like more perks and content from us, including exclusive episodes of our patron-only podcast, Bonus points. Bonus points. Just go to our website and click on become a supporter today. And if you get a chance, please like us, rate us, review us, or shout us out somewhere. It really helps others find the show. Join our chat on our Discord server. We're at Which Game First on all social media. Happy gaming explorers. It's not fat, it's locale. Snakes. Why did it always have to be snakes? <laughs> Where am I? Ah.